coming together, Lord, as one body, and Lord, lifting up our praises to you, an audience of one. And Father, we're so thankful that we have the honor, the privilege of coming together and Lord, worshiping you and learning from your word. And Lord, as you speak to our hearts, that Lord, we would be transformed daily by your word, Lord. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that we would understand the importance of living a godly life, of being godly, Lord, training in godliness, Father, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. Uh, Lord, I just, I decrease that you would increase, empty myself of myself, so fill me with yourself. Everything that I say and do, every thought that enters my mind would be of you and not of me. For we pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. There you are. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 16 is today's text. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 16. We're now in part 10 of our series, Church Life. Say Church Life. Now say it like you have life. Say Church Life. Much better. And before we even dive into the text, as always, I want to do a quick review from last week's text, which was verses 1 through 5 of this chapter, chapter 4. And I give you two points. First point of last week's text was the threat, say the threat, and that's in verses 1 through 3a. And Paul, what he does, he warns Pastor Timothy again about uh, false teachers and the danger they pose to the church. And he says, the Spirit clearly, um, it might be rendered as explicitly or expressly says, and what Paul is telling Timothy is that the source of his information is the Holy Spirit. Someone say amen. So the Spirit clearly, explicitly, expressly says that in later times, or your Bibles might say latter times, later times, latter times refers to the, the um, entire church age that began with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say some will abandon the faith. They will abandon the central truths, the essential doctrine that constitutes the Christian faith. In the later times, there will be, in other words, a deliberate rejection of biblical truth a deliberate rejection of Christian doctrine. Now remember, the word depart or the word abandon is related to our English word apostasy. Say apostasy. And those who depart, those who abandon the faith become apostates. Now we learn that apostates are those who make a temporary response to the gospel but have no genuine faith in God. If you got it, say got it. Now after telling Timothy of how apostasy will mark the last days, the latter days, Paul reveals the instigators of these apostasies, and he says they will follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons or doctrines of demons. Paul then goes on further to describe these false teachers, these apostates. Look at verse 2 with me. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been what? Seared as with a hot iron. So he's saying their conscience had been seared and made dull, numb, dead, insensible to the truth, insensible to the distinction between right and wrong. Paul then what he does, he then gives two examples of their false teaching, false doctrines. Verse 3a says they forbid people to marry and order them to what? Abstain from certain food. So they taught that you would be more holy to God if you didn't marry and if you didn't eat certain foods, they combine Eastern asceticism and Jewish legalism. The second point was the truth. Say the truth. Verses 3b through verse 5, and Paul, what he does, Paul then gives a rebuttal of their false teaching. And what he does, and I love this, he confronts their false teaching with the truth. Say the truth. So after pointing out their doctrine of asceticism, forbidding marriage, and legalism, forbidding certain foods, Paul says, verses 3b through verse 5, 
which God, he says, Paul says, which God created in context, marriage and food, to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. Uh, verse 4, for everything God created in context, marriage and food, is good and nothing is to be rejected, but is received with thanksgiving. Verse 5, because it is consecrated, I love that, by the word of God and what? Prayer. So God is the one who created marriage. Everyone say amen. And he gave us marriage for what? Procreation, illustration, and sanctification. Got it? And God is the one who gives us food to help, what? Help sustain ourselves. And so Paul's point Paul's point is just be thankful for the things that God has given us in context, marriage and food. Things used in a thankful, prayerful, biblical way become, Paul says, become holy. And that the food we eat and the blessings of sexuality within marriage can be more than just good. It can be holy. It can be sanctified and used for God's glory when used as God intended it to be used. Can someone say amen? This now brings us to today's text, and the title of today's message is Training for Life. Everyone say that. So, so after giving Timothy instruction to confront certain men that were teaching false doctrine, Paul now, what he does, he instructs Timothy personally. And at this point, Timothy is still a young man, and yet is given great responsibility. And so Paul writes to give Timothy godly wisdom for how to conduct his own life as a pastor, as a leader, and to keep growing spiritually himself. Now, I want to say this. Although today's text is about Paul talking to Timothy as a spiritual leader, as a pastor, the principles, say principles, he shares can apply to everyone who desires to live an effective, godly life. Amen? And these are things that God desires from any Christian. Now, if you're saved, say amen. These words for Timothy personally should also be applied to our lives personally. Got it? Anyone wanting to grow spiritually should take these words in today's text to heart. Four points if you're ready to say yes. Number one is preaching. Write that down and say that. Preaching. Let's look at verse 6. And Paul writes, if you point these, or point, that word point means to lay down or to place under. So if you point, lay down, or place under these things out. So to the brothers, believers, I want to stop there. What are these things? Well, they are the things concerning false teachers. They're, they're, they're false teaching, they're false doctrines. So Paul, right, had just instructed Timothy, we know this, that in later times and latter times, false doctrine would what? Creep into the church. Doctrines of demons would find a home in the church and it would infect people and they would be deceived and embrace demonic error. And the fruit of this demonic error was that people would depart from the faith. So Timothy was to faithfully, listen now friends, faithfully warn the believers concerning the dangers of false doctrine. So how does Timothy warn them? Well, he does this by pointing out to them the truth. Sound doctrine. And Paul exhorts Timothy, hey man, Timothy, instead of letting false teachers, false teachers, doctrine, their doctrine stand unchallenged, preach, teach the truth. Preach, teach sound doctrine. Preach, teach the central truths, essential doctrine that constitutes the Christian faith. Someone say amen. 
So Paul's like, Timothy, if you point this out to the believers, if you warn them about false doctrine, if you warn them about apostasy, and if you preach and teach them the truth, sound doctrine, instruct the church in the things of God, in other words, continually laying down or placing people under the authority of the Word of God, listen to what he says. You will be a good, the Bible might say, excellent, noble minister of Christ Jesus, or pastor, or servant, brought up, in other words, nourished, in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have what? Followed. Did you get that? If you got it, say got it. Do you see the qualities that make up a good, excellent, noble minister? Well, first of all, friends, Paul says you will be a good, excellent, noble minister of Christ Jesus, brought up, nourished, in other words, in the truths of the faith. So Paul urges Timothy to give himself, I love this, to give himself to that which will feed his spiritual life. So a good, excellent, noble, listen now, pastor, minister of Jesus Christ must be nourished by sound, true doctrine. Got it? By God's word. And so pastors, they spend time studying, personal study time in God's word, meditating upon God's word, making sure, listen now, making sure what they preach making sure what they teach is sound doctrine. We call this exegesis. Exegesis, drawing from the text, drawing from it, explaining what the text is saying. Now, if you're saved, say amen. If the church is to become a, a pillar and a support of the truth of God, it needs a pastor, it needs a minister who will continually take the teaching of God's word and his own spirituality seriously. Amen? You see, a pastor cannot, cannot point out false doctrine and cannot teach sound doctrine if the pastor is not maintaining a steady diet of the truth of the Word of God. And there must be a love for the God of the Word and for the Word of God. Got it? There's an ongoing nourishment of the Word of God in their lives that spills over into the church that the pastor is shepherding. And Paul is simply saying, you, pastor, you, leader, should be nourished on that which you are nourishing others with. There's to be an ongoing nourishment for the church in the church, in the church, in, in Christian faith, and in doctrine. I want you to get this. Every pastor, every believer, every believer, say every believer, cannot detect, or point out false doctrine without maintaining a steady diet of the Word of God. The truth, say the truth. What I hold in my hand this morning, what you hold in your hand is absolute, infallible, inerrant truth. This is the greatest, listen now, most amazing book ever written in the world. Why? Because it's truth. Amen? And we need truth in our lives. Christians, right? So Paul says, you'll be a good, excellent, noble minister of Christ Jesus, brought up, in other words, nourished, nourished in the truth of the faith, but also, listen to what he says, and of the good teaching that you have followed. You guys get that? In other words, the good, excellent, noble minister not only feeds himself on the Word of God and instructs others in the Word of God, but also obeys and follows 
the Word of God. You know what what this is? It's feeding and following. Say feeding, say following. Now the verb you have followed might be rendered have been following is perfect tense in the Greek and it means that the good, excellent, noble minister will be one who follows the Word and the doctrines of God from some point in the past and continues to maintain the same obedient focus at the present and also into the future. Okay? Paul says that Timothy, in other words, is to constantly, continually, closely, and carefully follow and obey the truth. In other words, simply live out, live out the truth. So you ready for the lesson? Here's the lesson. Live out what we give out. Say that. Live out what we give out. Doctrine should be implemented and followed by practice. Right? Listen, friends, I need to live out what I give out every Sunday. Okay? All right? I need to live it out. You need to live out what you give out. In other words, we need to practice what we preach. And boy, don't we need that today. Right? Okay? So live out what you give out. Okay? Don't just give it out, but live it out. Let them see the Word of God being lived out in your life. Someone say amen. So that's preaching slash teaching. Number two is practicing. Takes us right into point number two is practicing. Say that. In other words, training, exercising. Okay? Practice. Verse 7. Verse 7. Have nothing to do with godless myths and all wise tales. Rather, train yourself. The word practice as well. King James says exercise to be godly. You get that? Okay. Now, what is essential to having a good spiritual diet is the rejection of junk food, here described as old wives' tales. Okay. Got it? Okay. So what, what Paul is saying, instead of listening to old wives' tales, stick to the Bible. Feed on the book. Don't, don't feed on trash. Forget these worldly old wives' tales, myths, or endless genealogies. Forget this empty, these empty rituals. Why? Because they have nothing of nourishment in them for the spiritual life. Amen? Rather, he says what? Train yourself, practice, exercise to be what? Godly. King James says, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Forget all that junk. Focus on the book. Amen? By the way, the word exercise in the Greek is gymnazo. This is where we get our word gymnasium from. Okay? So Paul's athletic imagery, love it, reminds us that spiritual growth, get this now, doesn't happen by accident. You, You guys with me? In other words, it takes determination. It takes perseverance. It takes discipline. How many athletes do I have out there? Huh? Discipline, right? Right? Discipline, right? It implies, in other words, spiritual sweat. Got it? Got it? If you're safe, say amen. In other words, we are to maintain, as believers, pastors, believers, okay, maintain an unrelenting and persevering effort towards the goal of godliness. Listen, godliness just isn't going to happen, friends. 
okay? You don't wake up, oh, I'm godly. No, okay, all right, okay? We don't just passively become godly, okay? We are to pursue it, amen? We are to work at it, amen? To pursue it. If you got that, say got it. And the only way we are going to reflect a godly life is to put our nose to the grindstone. And it makes, listen now, make some decisions that are hard to make, but live by them. And our life will begin to reflect the person of Jesus Christ. It won't happen any other way. Are you with me? And this is why, listen now, to be godly, we must be daily in the word of God. To fill ourselves with godly truth. And also to have a healthy prayer life. To be in connection with God in communication. Amen? Got it? And not only that, but listen now, perhaps there's some stuff you got to cut out of your life that's hindering you from being godly. I don't know what that is. I don't know who that is, okay? But perhaps there's some things or some people, some folks, you got to cut loose because they're holding you back from being godly. Amen? Verse 8, verse 8. For physical training is of some value, but godliness, say godliness, has value for what? All things, and he goes on to say, holding promises for what? Both the present life and the life to come. Godliness, say godliness. This is Paul's term in the, in the pastoral epistles, which is 1st, 2nd Timothy, and Titus, right? Okay? And, and, and it's a term for what? Genuine Christianity. Godliness is a term for genuine Christianity. Someone put it this way. It brings together knowledge of and faith in God and the observable response of lifestyle. Okay? Now, the text says training in godliness is profitable for the present life, right? Present life. In other words, it causes us to live the way God wants us to live right now. Say right now. Okay? It also instills discipline and work ethic and all kinds of good things that are helpful in this life. But the text also says not only is it profitable for the present life, that better be Jesus Christ, amen? All right, it's all good, bro, all right? But also training godliness is profitable for the life to come. Got it? Not just for now, but life to come, okay? Now, now that future life, eternity, right? That future life is not immediately accessible to us right now. We know that, right? Okay, we're here in this world right now, right? But we believe that if we live more godly now, now, say now, we receive a better reward later. Got it? In other words, this training will make us fitting for eternity. Now, now I want to say this. God bless you, babe. I want to say this. Paul isn't against physical exercise. Okay? It has some value. And we should exercise. We should take care of our bodies. We should work out. Amen? It's a good thing, right? So he's not against physical exercise. He's just comparing the temporal from the eternal. That, that's all he's doing. That's all he's doing. Physical exercise is of temporal benefit. Spiritual exercise is of eternal benefit. Amen? So make sure, listen now, that you put more effort on the eternal rather on the temporal. Temporal is okay, but eternal is better. Amen? Verse 9, verse 9, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. So what Paul is doing in this verse is simply telling Timothy that what he had to say in the previous verse is very reliable. Simply, it's just trustworthy. It deserves all full acceptance from you, Timothy. Verse 10, 
And for this we labor and strive. I want you to keep that in mind, okay? And for this we what? And strive that we have put our hope in the living God. Now, say living God. I love how Paul reminds us that our God is a living God, not a dead God. And I love how Brother Gill said that this morning. We serve a living God. Amen? All right? Who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. So, so you want to be godly? And Paul's saying you want to live the godly life? Okay? I, I want to tell you something. Okay? Listen now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come by labor, by toiling, by hard work. Okay? Go back to the text. And for this, we what? Godly lifestyle. We labor and strive. You get that? You get that? Okay? Okay? You, you're going to have to listen. If you want to live a godly life, you're going to have to pick, listen now, take up your cross. You're going to have to take up your cross, okay, because it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something on a regular basis. Let me tell you something. Salvation is free, okay, but godliness costs you. Amen? Discipline, labor, work. You got to work, amen? It's going to cost you something. Okay, you got to work at it. Amen? Now, what I want to do is I, I want to look, look at the second part of what I just read to you, the text, because I, I need to make sure we understand what it's saying. He says that we have put our hope in the living God. Praise God. Amen? We put our hope in the living God, not a dead God. Now, listen to what he says. Who is the Savior of all men. Now, you got to understand something there, okay? And especially of those who believe. Now, who is the Savior of all men doesn't, listen now, doesn't mean everyone will be saved. Because that's universalism, and that's false doctrine. What Paul is saying here is what God intended for all people, because God has a heart, right, for all people, right? What God says is, is that what God intended for all people is actually given to those who receive and believe. Okay, let, let me put it this way. God has made a universal provision, but we must make a, an individual decision. Amen? I'm going to say it again, God has made a universal provision for salvation, but we must make an individual decision for salvation. Amen? Verse 11, command and teach these things. In other words, the very things I just shared with you, Timothy. Verse 12. Now, verse 12, this is one of the, the key verses in this letter, and I love it. And Paul says, now remember, Timothy's young. Okay? Don't let anyone look down on you or think little of you because you are what? Young. I want to stop there. At this time, Timothy, it is said, he's about 30 years old. About 30 years old. And, and perhaps there was those who were jealous because he was promoted to leadership. Okay? Perhaps there were those who were doubting his gifting. Perhaps maybe this involved a lack of respect towards Timothy. We don't know. Okay? So with that being said, how do you respond as a young leader? Well, I love what Paul does. Let's, let's read on. But set an example for the believers. Now, I want to stop there, okay? Paul covered just about every area that Timothy could be an example. And by the way, the word example, say, say example. And this verse literally means the impression left by a blow or by a stamp. By a blow or by a stamp, okay? The impression left by a blow or by a stamp. So Paul, what he's doing, he's telling Timothy to leave an impression, an exact pattern of what believers are supposed to be. You guys with me? He wants Timothy to be, listen now, an example in five areas. Now this applies not just to pastors, but to every Christian. 
Amen? And you have an opportunity, listen now, Christians, when being criticized, to set an example, an opportunity to put godliness on display. Are you guys getting this? So let's read the rest of the verse. But set an example for the believers. Now, again, I want to stop there. This is not, it's not an exhaustive list. These, these, these virtues, these characteristics are possible or made possible because of our union with Jesus Christ. And they are charged or powered by our communion with Jesus Christ by training for godliness. So here we go. But set an example for the believers in what? Speech. What? Say it. Speech. Keep, in other words, he's saying keep on becoming an example of the believers in the words that you speak, what you say, what comes out of your mouths. Listen now, should be an example. Not filthy talk or abusive speech or backbiting. Instead, words filled and words seasoned with grace, with love, with encouragement, with tenderness, and with thanksgiving. Amen? I mean, how, how would we respond when attacked, uh, criticized, gossiped about, or slandered? I mean, how, how are we going to respond? Huh? Are we going to revile in return? Or we're going to just hold our tongue and be like Christ? Amen? Then he says, in life. Not just in what we say, but on how we, we live. Amen? Be an example in our behavior. Be an example in our conduct, in what we actually do, how we live our daily lives. It's putting the old, listen, it's putting off the old self and putting on the new self. Question. What would people learn from you if they lived with you? Why is it quiet? You hear the crickets, right? <laughs> what would people learn from you if they lived with you. Then he says on. Let's move on because I know you guys are quiet. Okay. Speech, life. Then he says love. Say love. Be an example of our love. This is agape love. Agape love. God's love, which is produced by the Holy Spirit, right, of God. Be an example of Christ's love for others to see. Right? Love. Then he says faith. Say faith. Be an example in our faith. Faithfulness to Christ. This speaks of our statement, listen now, our statement of the fact that we're trusting God no matter what the circumstances are. Amen? It's about our confidence in God and His Word. Be an example in that. Don't give up. Don't bail out. Don't say, forget this. No, I trust God. Things don't look good. Don't look, you know, they look bleak. Things are hard, but guess what? I'm going to trust God. Be an example in your faith to God. And then he says purity. Become an example in our purity, our moral purity, in public and in private. That we're not, listen, that, listen now, that we're not hiding anything. No skeletons in the closet. You're safe, say amen. Listen, there is nothing worse than a Christian who compromises what kind of an example in regards to morality. You guys with me? So you guys ready for the lesson? Here we go. Be a godly example. Be a godly example. Now every leader, every believer, listen now, is leading by example. Right? 
The question is, what kind of example are they setting? That's the question. Listen, a godly life, lifestyle, a godly lifestyle is always the best advertisement for Christianity, right? So we need to be consistent in our conduct. We need people, listen now, we need to be people who are manifesting by our lives qualities of a Christian. This world needs good godly examples. I mean, look at our world today, right? Huh. Right? Look at our world today, man. Musicians, right? Huh? Whose lyrics are filled with cursing, violence, drug use, sexual promiscuity. Actors who are in and out of rehab, in and out of relationships. Politicians convicted in, of corruption and greed. And unfortunately, unfortunately, preachers, pastors, and evangelists who preach one thing and live something totally different. This is why we need to be godly examples. This world needs godly examples. Amen? If you're safe, say amen. People, listen now, people ought to get a glimpse of Jesus just by the way that you and I live. Amen? Be faithful. Be a faithful, godly example. And, and, and I want to say this. All that's been said right now so far, I want to say this. You're never too young and you're never too old to be used by God and to be an example for God. Amen? And by the way, let me say this. If people see Jesus in you, they will notice him instead of your age. Amen? I'm going to say it again. If people see Jesus in you, they will notice him instead of your age. Amen? Say preaching. Say practicing. That lifestyle of godliness. And here we go, progressing. Say that progressing, that your progress, Paul's saying that your progress may be evident. You guys with me? Verse 13, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. I love that. To preaching and what? To teaching. Paul's like, hey, until I come, I'm going to try to make it, Timothy, until I come, give yourself to these Three things. The reading, right? The reading of the scriptures. Right? Then the preaching. That's exhortation. Say, say exhortation. That means to warn, to advise. That means to urge. Because preaching exhorts. Then he says teaching. Say teaching. Teaching's about instruction. Right? Instruction. So preaching exhorts. Teaching informs. So he's saying read the word. Preach the word. And teach the word, what he says is this, expound the Bible. Amen? And this is how they did it in the Old Testament times. Nehemiah 8.8. 8. Nehemiah 8.8. 8. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God. And they gave the sense. In other words, they making it clear to them and helped them to understand the reading. The reading. Listen, listen now. You don't absorb God's truth by gliding over it. Are you guys with me? You must immerse yourself in the Word of God. Explore the depths of the beauty of the Word of God and take in the wonder of God's Word. Amen? Let it clothe your heart and your life. So, Timothy, Paul's like, so Timothy or any pastor, what should you be doing? Well, read the Bible. Exhort and teach the congregation from the Bible. Amen? 
And this is a historical pattern that we have been given. Exposit the Word of God. Explain the Bible and point people to Jesus. That being said, what we need more today than ever before in this spiritually confused culture is faithful expositors who will saturate this nation with sound doctrine, with the Word, say the Word, with the Word of God. Verse 14, stay with me now. If you're still with me, say amen. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. So this is when Timothy was ordained, was commissioned by the elders, affirming his gift, affirming his calling for the ministry. And I believe that his calling and his gifting was preaching and teaching. Now, we know, and we'll, we'll learn this as we go along this series, that Timothy was a bit timid, right? He was timid. So this could be Paul giving him a gentle rebuke. Okay? Don't neglect your gift, Timothy, which was given you through prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. And I love how Paul reminded Timothy about his gifting. And I could almost, I was come, I could almost hear Paul saying, listen up, Pastor T. Huh? Don't forget, godly men laid their hands on you, and they believed in you, and they saw God at work in your life, and they saw God doing great things through you. They prayed for God's blessings on you. Therefore, Timothy, you have everything you need to succeed in God's eyes. But you must not neglect your gift. You ready for the lesson? Don't forget your calling. Don't forget your calling. You need to be certain of your calling. You need to be certain of your gifting. You guys, you guys with me? Because every Christian has a calling. Every Christian has a gifting. Amen? Now, I want to say this. Okay, I want to say this. Some of you, some of you are not functioning in your calling. You're not functioning in your gifting because you're looking at someone else's gift and calling. And you're looking at them, you're saying, well, you know what? They're more gifted than me. They're more knowledgeable than me. They're more articulate than me. Hey, if that's you, if that's you, you need to take your eyes off of others and put your eyes back on Jesus because he's the one who has called you. He's the one who's gifted you. He's the one who's equipped you. So rest in that. Amen? See, God didn't call me to be you, and he didn't call you to be me. He gifted me differently, Amen? So quit trying to be someone who you're not. Be who God gifted you to be. Put your eyes back on Jesus. Rest in that. Rest in that. Amen? Verse 15. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them. Not half-hearted. Not half-hearted. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your what? Progress. There it is. Progress. Well, Paul's saying to Timothy, is not only should they see your godly example, and they should, and see you teach and preach God's word, and they should, but they should also see progress in your life. Amen? People should be able to look at pastors and see that they are growing, gaining, and developing. And listen, friends, you have the right, listen, as the body here, you have the right to expect that I, as your pastor, okay, to expect that I am growing, that I'm gaining and developing in the Word of God. Amen? In my walk with God in His Word. 
Because why? Because no pastor, no believer, no Christian has arrived. Got it? There's more to learn. There's more to know. There's more to do. There's more room to grow. Amen? So we ready for the lesson? Here we go. Keep growing. Say that. Keep growing. Because God desires that there is continual progress growing stronger in our faith, in our walk with him. Not weaker, not weaker or stagnant, but stronger. Stronger, closer. We, listen, we need to stay hungry for God and his word. Amen? And for the things of God. Stay hungry. Sometimes we've, we've lost our hunger for God and for his word, for things of God. Get hungry again. Stay hungry, amen? Keep growing, keep growing. Stay preaching. Stay practicing. Stay progressing. Number four is persevering. Got it? Persevering. We're almost done here. Look at verse 16 with me, because here Paul, and I love this, Paul gives three exhortations. Three exhortations. First one is, watch your life. Okay? First exhortation. Second is, watch your teaching. He says, and doctrine closely. The third one is what? Persevere or persist in them. This, listen now, watch your life and doctrine closely. That's right, your life and your teaching. And persevere, persist in them. This means, listen now, you don't ever stop watching your life. You don't ever stop watching your doctrine. Amen? So, listen now, watch your life. And doctrine, what? Closely, persevere, slash, persist in them, because if you do, you will what? Save both yourself and your hearers. Now, I want to say this. Paul is not saying that Timothy can save himself or others. Jesus alone is the one who saves us. Can I get an amen? Paul's emphasis here is on Christian endurance, Christian faithfulness. Listen now, we endure to the end not to be saved. We endure to the end because we are saved. Got it? So follow me here. The pastor, the pastor, pastors, as well as all believers, should be characterized. Get this now. Okay, let's go back. Watch your life, doctrine, and persevere. Say, watch your life. Say, doctrine closely. Say, persevere. So that being said, the pastor, as well as all believers, should be characterized. Get this now. By personal integrity. Got it? Lifestyle. Doctrinal purity. Teaching. And spiritual security. Endurance. Got it? Got it? We should all be characterized by personal integrity. Doctrinal purity. And spiritual security. Got it? Watch your life. Doctrine closely. And persevere. There it is. So lesson, you ready for the lesson? We're going to close here. You ready for the lesson? Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stick to it. The Christian life is not easy. And whoever told you that, a liar. Amen? It's not easy. Especially if you're living a godly life because the devil's going to try to attack you even more. 
but stick with it. Okay? Keep on keeping on. Don't give up. Throw, don't throw in the towel. You keep on keeping on. Persevere. Finish well. Finish well. Stay faithful. Why? Because he himself, God Almighty, is faithful to us. Amen? Let's all stand. Father, we thank you for your word and for all that we've learned this morning.